Welcome in to a Friday edition of Main Street Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. Chris Yao and Mo Patton here on this Friday. Man, what a fantastic week it has been as best it can be. I mean, honestly, it's it's been a pretty good week of shows. I, I'll, I'll, I'm just going to tell you. I feel like this has been one of our better weeks that we've ever had to do, at least going from home. <laughs> yeah, we've... we've... I hesitate to speak to it, but yeah, we've gotten some luck this week, and things have gone pretty well. And we I have. Think I'll probably leave it at that. And and uh, the guests are only getting better this month. <laughs> Close mm. this month out pretty strong, mm. <laughs> and I'm pretty excited about it. That's what we in the business call a tease. Uh, we will, however, be able to get to. A lot of the a, a lot of the happenings this weekend because there are things that are happening, a lot of stuff not happening, but you know most of the stuff will will get there. So today's show, closing out the week strong with Teresa Walker, she'll talk to us about some Pred stuff, maybe some Titans. Uh, maybe some Grizzlies, but you know, we're, we're, we're going to get into a lot with Teresa. We've also got Caleb Giroux because this weekend is a massive weekend on the hill over in Knoxville. Both men and women's teams have huge, huge matchups. And Are they both at home? No. I think Tennessee is here. Let me make sure of that, but I'm pretty sure. Women. Women are. No, they are. They're both at they're both at FCC TBA. <laughs> so yeah, that's right. Both both are going to be in Knoxville. It's going to be a huge weekend. So we'll talk to Caleb Giroux about that, as well as much much more. Terry McCormick's here with your daily Titans update as well. Of course, we're going to talk about the, the coaching news in both college and professional ranks. We've got NFL playoffs this weekend, so we'll get you some picks from those. It's going to be a lot of fun. As per usual. <clears throat> hey, Never when isn't it? Moment. That's exactly. the real question. When isn't it? So stick around with us. It's going to be a great two hours. We'll get you right now, though, yesterday's results, the weekend schedule, all coming to you on The Rundown. This is The Rundown. The Friday Rundown is brought to you by Chip Walters of Exit Realty, Bob Lamb & Associates. The Blue Raider Voice also wants to be your trusted advisor in real estate. Contact Chip at 615-542-1915 or through his website at choosechip.net. Chip Walters, proud to support youth sports across Middle Tennessee. Men's basketball action last night in overtime. Watched this one, by the way. Watched the final two minutes and and overtime. Great win for Austin P. 83-80 over North Alabama. Central Arkansas. <laughs> When I say shot the lights out, I mean it was like they were playing in Georgia. It was, <laughs> I think they shot 67% from three-point range and 44% from two-point range did the Bears. So 96-86 went over Lipscomb. It's Tennessee State 85, Tennessee Tech 53. They also shot really well. UTEP downs Middle Tennessee State 73-59. Ashland edges Trevecca for their first loss in 
GMAC play 71-70 the final there. And the University of the Cumberlands was an 100-77 winner over Cumberland. Women's basketball. Vanderbilt 53-50 winners over Auburn. That's a big win for the Commonwealth women there. Tennessee downs Mississippi State 75-64. MTSU with an 81-70 win at home over UTEP. Tennessee Tech 86-81 winners over Tennessee State. Ashland downs Trebek. What? What? Um, Reagan Grimes with a double-double for no. the Lady Eagles in that one. Congrats to the former Ravenwood star. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Ashland continues their role with a big third quarter over Trevecca, 82-61 the final. University of Cumberland, 75-63 winners over Cumberland. In NHL play, the Predators outlast L.A. on the road 2-1. to one. And in the association, it was the Grizzlies following to Minnesota, one Okay, so high school schedule tonight. Um, I, I don't know what to tell you. These are the games that we have. They may get played. They may not. I would check your local listings as best you can, certainly before you go striking out for any of these. Double headers, 6 o'clock starts, allegedly. Hillsborough is at Antioch. Hendersonville is at Beach. Montgomery Central goes to Creekwood. Davidson is hosting Donaldson Christian. Kenwood is at Dixon County. Clarksville Academy goes to Friendship Christian. Glencliff hosts Valor Collegiate. Franklin Grace Christian taking on Visiting University School of Nashville. Gallatin is at Green Hill. Cheatham County goes to Henry County. Of, of all of these games, I would say that one is the least likely to be played tonight. But uh, Cheatham County is at Hickman County. STEM Academy is at Independence Academy. Merrill Hyde goes to Joe Burns. Overton hosting Hunter's Lane. East Nashville is at Kip Nashville. Martin Luther King is at Lawson. Lead Academy hosting Pearl Cone. Cookville is at Lebanon. Lipscomb Academy hosts Brentwood Academy. I know Lawrence County and Marshall County are not playing. Um... Cane Ridge and McGavick are scheduled at McGavick at 6, Riverdale at Oakland, Christ Presbyterian at Pope Prep, Providence Christian hosting Middle Tennessee Christian, Blackman at Rockvale, Springfield at Rossview, Station Camp hosts Greenbrier, Stewart's Creek takes on visiting Laverne, STEM Academy is at Stratford, Fairview is at Sycamore, Liberty Creek is at Trousdale County. Again, I know Columbia Central is not going to Watertown. Um, or Warren County. Yes, Columbia <laughs> Central is not going to Warren County. Jackson County supposedly is playing at Watertown. Kirkwood is at Cre- West Creek. White House Heritage is at Westmoreland. White House hosts Portland. <clears throat> Republic goes to White's Creek. And Smyrna is at Wilson Central. Again, this is the information that we have. Um, if you're interested in going to any of those games, I would suggest calling the schools. Well, you can't call the schools. There's nobody there either. I, I don't. I don't know what to tell you. But this is the information that we have. So. That's right. And it's the same for Saturday. Pleasant View Christian at Central Baptist at six. East Nashville at Ezel Harding. Do we know about Zion Christian and Franklin Road Christian? That game is being played. Apparently, it is still scheduled for now. Mm-hmm. Uh, Westmoreland at Gordonsville, Pope Prep hosting Lipscomb Academy and Battleground Academy at University School of Nashville. So girls only tonight. Again, check your local listing. St. Cecilia at Ensworth at 530, Harpeth Hall at Father Ryan at 6, 
and then NBA at Father Ryan in boys action to follow. College basketball tomorrow, doubleheader action. Tennessee State is at Western Illinois in an Ohio Valley Conference matchup, 1 o'clock for the women, 3.30 for the men. Men's basketball Saturday, Alabama is at Tennessee. Is that a top 25 matchup, Chris? Is Alabama? I don't think Alabama is ranked. Okay. All right. And Alabama will be led by Coach Nate Oates, despite many thinking. His stern talking to? Mm, yeah. That's uh, a 1 o'clock tip on ESPN2. Belmont is at Bradley at 1 o'clock on ESPN+. Plus. Vanderbilt goes to Mississippi State. That's a 2.30 start on the SEC network. At 4 o'clock, North Alabama is at Lipscomb on SEC. I'm sorry, on ESPN+. Plus. Also on ESPN+, Plus at 4.15, Central Arkansas is at Austin P. At 8 o'clock on ESPN+, Plus, Middle Tennessee State continues its Conference USA Western Swing. They go to New Mexico State. Um, women's basketball. Is this today, Chris? Mm-hmm. Belmont at Drake? Belmont at Drake today at 6. Um, tomorrow, women's basketball action. Lipscomb is at Austin P. That's a 2 o'clock tip on ESPN Plus. Also at 2 o'clock. Also on ESPN Plus. New Mexico State is at the Glass House taking on the Lady Raiders of MTSU. On Sunday, 2 o'clock. SEC Network, Vanderbilt, Tennessee, both three and one in conference play. Is that right? Three and one, four and one. And and again, we'll be talking here in a little bit to Caleb Giro about that one. Also at two o'clock on ESPN Plus, Belmont is at Northern Illinois. Mm-hmm. Um, no. <coughs> we I'm telling you, we can't get Illinois in Iowa right this week. No, we really can't. Belmont at Northern Iowa. Good catch there. I, I caught that. Um, in the association, the Grizzlies go to Chicago, taking on Dibbles. Saturday, 7 o'clock tip, Valley Sports Southeast, and on Valley Sports South, Saturday at 2 o'clock, the Predators go out west, taking on Arizona. That is your rundown. Top story brought to you by our friends at Piggly Wiggly, down home, down the street. Piggly Wiggly can't be beat, of course. And always delicious daily, daily lunch specials, great hand-cut meats put out daily by their meat department. You can't beat it. Make sure to go see the fine folks at Piggly Wiggly, where it's just cost plus 10 at Neely's Mill Shopping Center in Columbia. Our top story today will start, Mo, with the Tennessee Sports Writers Association's Players of the Week. Yes. Do you have those in front of you? I do have those in front of me, as a matter of fact. UT Martin Jr. Jacob Cruz averaged 28 points and 8.5 rebounds in a pair of Skyhawks outings to earn men's basketball honors. Um, scored a career-best 35 in the Skyhawks' 77-72 win over Little Rock, um, following a 21.10 rebound outing against Western Illinois. So, Jacob Cruz of UT Martin is the Tennessee Sports Writers Association's Men's Basketball Player of the Week. On the women's side, you've heard this name earlier this week, 
Anastasia Boldreva of Middle Tennessee State averaged a double-double on the week as well. Um, scored a career-high 32 points with 12 rebounds against Louisiana Tech, helping them to an overtime victory down in Ruston, and then had a 15.10 rebound effort against Sam Houston State. For her fifth double-double of the season, making her the first Lady Raider to put up back-to-back double-doubles in, what, four years. So, wow. So with that, Anastasia was named Tennessee State Player of the Week by the TSWA. She was named Conference USA Player of the Week, and she was named the Ann Myers Drysdale National Player of the Week, or one of five by the U.S. Basketball Writers Association. So I guess that's a triple crown. Would be real hard to to earn the the last two of those without earning not, the first one. <laughs> well, now you say that, but I'm just saying. The, well, it Dal- has happened. Well, Dalton Connect was the Oscar Robertson U.S. Basketball Writers Association Men's Player of the Week this week, and yet we have Mr. Cruz from UT Martin. So. You know, it's interesting because you don't see a lot of Tennessee Vanderbilt folks winning these awards at the TSWA level. And I'm not saying, I mean, I I don't know why, uh, but. I'm not necessarily sure why either. I, I don't know if they just don't get thought. I, I don't know. That's interesting. Hmm. Hmm. Things that make you go. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. uh, I don't know. Anyway, now that we've got that out the way, (laughs) the Braves are again hosting a uh, pre. Is it a preseason exhibition type? Kind of like what they do at at first horizon mm-hmm. uh, with a Ralph Gar, Bill Lucas, HBCU baseball classic at cool Ray field, home of the Gwinnett stripers Two one P one P not one two P one P <laughs> anyway, <laughs> this event will feature grambling State, Florida A&M, who are home, the alma maters of Ralph Gar and Bill Lucas. And it is a two-game series. I, I believe it's a two-game series. I'm trying to find what you sent me on that, because I know you sent me something. It's in the group chat. There we go. Uh, <laughs> two-game series, March 1st and 2nd at Cool Ray Field between the mm-hmm. Always, you know, I, I love these these college games being played at, you know, minor league parks. It, it, to me, it just feels like it gives it a little bit extra oomph. Mm-hmm. 
I think it definitely does. I mean, uh, I think it kind of gives those people participating a little extra oomph as well in terms of, huh. you know, next level. Yeah. Yeah, it, it makes you feel like you're kind of like the, the, the high school football championships being played at bigger college stadiums and, and that sort of thing. And it's it's always good to kind of test your your abilities, too, in a ballpark that big because, you know, you, you get into, you know, most of these colleges at, at that level, at the lower Division One level, the parks are, you know, typically normal parks like you would just find anywhere. Mm -hmm. These things have big foul ground areas. They've got, you know, they've got actual bullpens and not everybody has that. So you get that, you you get that little extra level of uh, excitement, a little extra level and and the Braves to be a, a part of this and, you know, kind of be really involved. It appears obviously helps increase the visibility. Absolutely. In the release, it says, designed to highlight baseball programs at the historically black colleges and universities in the Southeast. This showcase is an extension of the Atlanta Braves' efforts to foster the next generation of diverse baseball players. The Classic serves as an opportunity to expose student-athletes, support staff, and coaches to a major league setting. So... You know, again, kudos to the Braves for their efforts along those lines. And, of course, honoring Ralph Gar, the Braves Hall of Famer, who still holds the record for highest batting average, by the way, as a Brave. And Bill 317. Highest career batting average? Highest career batting average as a Brave. Okay. All right. And I believe Bill Lucas may have been the first African-American GM in Major League Baseball. He was. Mm -hmm. And helped the team move to Atlanta. Was part of that group, so. So there you go. You never, it it never, you, you can never go wrong when you're honoring guys of their stature. Yeah, well, I mean, any any time you have the opportunity to honor a first or a Hall of Famer, yeah. So I mean, you know, it just it, it's it's a really good opportunity. Again, March first and second, not too far away. Uh, make plans to go today if you want to be a part of that. Again, it's in Gwinnett, Cool Ray Field, Braves hosting. So. Should be fun. All right, let's let's take a break. We've got a really uh, exciting segment coming up. Caleb Giroux joins us to talk about the weekend that will be on the hill in Knoxville. So stick around. Main Street Sports State presented by Mid Tennessee Bone and Joint. We'll be back in a moment after this. Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact us at 931-381-2663 or www.mtbj.net. With Lee Company Technology, the best handymen are hands-off. 
Lee Company Techs have been using visual findings and other smart technology tools for years to add transparency and virtually take customers along. You see what we see, whether we're in a crawl space or on a roof. With Lee Company, technology helps us help you, no matter what's happening in the world or at your house. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods here in Columbia has been outfitting teams, officials, and anybody else from T-ball to college for 50-plus years. Be sure and check them out at 931-388-8060 or online at jonesandlang.com. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods, the look of a winner. Zion Christian Academy, zioneagles.org or 931-388-5731. You can schedule your appointment. Go toward their campus. It is beautiful over there, and you're definitely going to want to see it. Again, it's zioneagles.org. Give them a call, 931-388-5731, and schedule your tour today. Custom Stone Handler supplies over 600 distributors and suppliers with quality stone products. Along with River Stone, we produce and distribute over 100 building, landscape, and other bulk products. Our goal is to provide quality products, service, and partnerships to ensure our customers' success. We firmly believe that the measure of any person or company is how they treat other people and customers. Give them a call at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. A game without a crowd is just a scrimmage. A performance without an audience is just a rehearsal. Without your presence, high school sports and the performing arts aren't possible. Ensure that these essential extracurricular activities continue to enrich the lives of students in Tennessee. Purchase a ticket to your local high school's game or performance. This message presented by the TSSAA. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. We specialize in orthopedic service and our ortho quick walk-in clinic lets you bypass the ER. Visit us online at www.mtbj.net. Welcome back in Main Street Sports today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Chris Yao, Mo Patton here on this Friday edition as we roll into the weekend and hopefully melt some snow. Hopefully things heat up here pretty soon because it is getting really, really tough at this point. So, And, and you know, it's tough here, but it's it's tough across the state for folks trying to get to and from uh, college basketball games this week <laughs> and having to cover some from the house and goodness gracious what a what a crazy week it was for UTK uh, Daily Beacon sports editor Caleb Giroux who joins us now what's up Caleb what is up how are y'all we're doing well so uh, cold yeah, definitely. Did you go to you didn't go to Starkville, did you? No. Um the team ended up having to fly into Meridian because they couldn't fly, I guess, to the airport close to Starkville and then drive the hour through the ice. So I don't even I mean, getting out of Knoxville is one thing. Then you'd have to drive through ice in Alabama just to get to Starkville, but I did not make the trip. Probably a good call. Yeah. Good game though. Yep, good game for them for sure. Um, 
a big turnaround, like just about every other SEC game. They've had a double-digit deficit in every SEC game this year and have only lost one. So they keep the blood pressure high when they're playing and <laughs> clearly know how to orchestrate a pretty good comeback. They're getting a little too comfortable playing from behind, though, aren't they? Yeah, I would feel so. It, it ended up biting them at Texas A&M. Um, Rakia Jackson didn't have her normal game in that game as well. At A&M was another travel nightmare for them. Plus, they're dealing with sickness over winter break, and it was just kind of everything compiled into that loss at A&M. And luckily, it's a road loss, too, so it kind of doesn't hamper the resume as much. But with those losses, now you look and see it makes some games down the road must win, like their game here on Sunday against Vanderbilt. I don't know if I would go all the way and say it's must win, but the latest bracketology still has Tennessee on the outside looking in. So any win against a team that has a good resume like Vanderbilt definitely wouldn't hurt right now. And it's been a while since we've spoken in those terms about Vanderbilt being a resume builder, but um, that certainly seems to be the case for what the 17 and two Commodores under Shay Ralph right now. But, um, you know, you mentioned Rakea Jackson and her performance out of Texas A&M and she didn't shoot it great last night either. No. And I still think they're dealing with some sickness as well. I mean, last night she still led the way with 19 points, but you're right. She shot six for 18 from the field, seven rebounds, four assists. I feel like at some point this team, and we saw it when Rakea was injured as well, at some point this team is going to have to find reliable scores outside of Rakia Jackson if they do want to make a run in March. Because at the end of the day, I mean, it's basketball. If Rakia Jackson comes out and has a bad day, at this point right now, it kind of dooms the team because you don't have a reliable score who can step up. You're getting there a little bit. Kai Wynn had a really good night, kind of still learning the point guard position, but she naturally played at the wing so she can get downhill and kind of get the ball in the hoop. So you hope that there's some reliable scores that come outside of Rakia Jackson. But, I mean, she still ended up with uh, 19 points in Mississippi State. And at the end of the night, she posed for a picture with some of the papers the Mississippi State fans had with her jersey on it from when she played at Mississippi State. So she was fired up, I'm sure, like you said, not an efficient night, but enough to get the job done. And really, it was their defense that ended up winning that game at Mississippi State in Starkville. I mean, you come out in the third quarter and give up five points Mm -hmm. to the Bulldogs. That's a big difference from giving up 20-plus in the first quarter and being down by 13 at one point. So makes it a lot easier if Rakia shoots bad, but your defense is stopping Mississippi State. Are you – well, how much is Destiny Wells's inavailability impact in this roster? I think the big thing with her, when she was in, she wasn't playing to her potential like a lot of people saw her play at Belmont when she almost beat Tennessee a couple years ago. But for the biggest thing now is you – you're point guard number two option, the point guard position is thin regardless. Mm-hmm. You have Jasmine Powell, who's kind of been more consistent this year, but she's still building her consistency. She kind of impacts the game everywhere, defense, offense, can score at all three levels. But the backup point guard position has been kind of a mystery because Kaya Wynn has recently flexed over from the wing, and she looked really good last night. And you also have walk-on Edie Darby, who's your third string. So a big thing with Destiny Wells' absence is you – can't afford any more injuries at the point guard position or absences or anything like that. And then you just need Kai Wynn to become more consistent. I mean, 13 points last night on six of 10 from the field is something I'm sure you'll take every night from her. The big thing for her is she'll come out similar to how she did last night with zero turnovers and kind of look good. 
but then she'll follow it up with a six, seven turnover game where she gets sped up again and kind of looks more like freshman, sophomore Kaya win instead of the junior. And they're trying to turn her into the point guard. So Kelly Harper talked about it a little bit today too. When we talked to her earlier over zoom that Kaya still, she's super smart learning the position, but there's still growing pains to move on. It's just, I know for me, I would not want to learn how to play point guard in the middle of the SEC slate. So, but she looked good last night and, Hopefully she can continue that because, like I said earlier, at some point, Rakia Jackson is going to get doubled and tripled every game, and you're going to need somebody else to hit shots. You, you certainly kind of feel like you're getting thrown in the deep end in that situation. But um, what is the situation with Jillian Hollingshead? I mean, you expect more out of her than certainly what you got last night. Yeah, and I asked uh, Coach Harper about that today. She said similarly, like last last night, Tamari Key – was just playing so well that they didn't have a spot for Jillian Hollingshed on the floor. And she's also said previously that Jillian Hollingshed kind of has the same game as Rakia Jackson. She like she would rather face up than have her back to the basket in the post. And Rakia Jackson likes to do the same thing. And Coach Harper really doesn't like having two players who can do almost the same thing on the floor at the same time. So I think in a perfect world with Jillian Hollingshed's size, I mean, she was six foot, she is six foot five, but mm-hmm. she was a late bloomer. So her first two years, first three years of high school, she was at point guard. And now she grows a six foot five. Well, nobody needs a six foot five point guard in women's basketball. So you swing her to the post, but she still keeps those guard skills and that effective passing. And she has a lot of those natural guard tendencies. And now it's just a matter of learning to play in the post for Tennessee, which is where Coach Harper wants her. I think ideally, if Tamari keeps coming along at that five spot, Jillian Hollingshed gives you a really solid option at the four where she can face up or even pop out and hit a deep two. <laughs> so I think ideally that's where she'll end up, but I'm not a hundred percent sure when she'll get there. And obviously, like you said, last night she played three minutes. I thought she looked fine when she was on the floor, but coach Harper said just kind of the game dictated that they had to go in a different direction from Jillian. <laughs> Any I'm, more injuries at point guard, though, we might have to have her. Yeah, you might have to have a six <laughs> That is point true. Guard. And, and I, I feel like there yeah. are worse options. <laughs> there may be. Yeah, exactly. I mean, whenever, anytime we've watched practice, she, you can tell mm-hmm. that she has guard tendencies just going through the drills. Watching her warm up, she dribbles the ball very well for a six foot five post player. So, I mean, she's got the skills there. It's just a matter of developing. And I know. There's probably some frustration on her end, too, not getting to play as much this year. But I think there's a lot of room for her to grow, and there's a lot of potential for her in for this Tennessee team because, like I said previously, they still need another scorer that's not Rakia Jackson that can consistently score every night. And we've seen Jillian Holling should have a lot of success in the mid-range. Well, and particularly this weekend against a team that only gives up 58 points a game and, you know, you've got to have somebody who can put the ball in the basket because defense has not been the Lady Vols calling card this year. No, it has not. You're right. That's why last night's game against Mississippi State was very encouraging because it wasn't that they started scoring. It was they stopped Mississippi State. Now, Mississippi State is a team that relies on the paint, and when you throw Tamari Key in the paint and you put Kaya Wynn outside – it makes it hard to score, but that's kind of what this team needs right now is they need defense because Rakia Jackson has an off night. Or if your point guards are hitting the three like they weren't in the first quarter yesterday, you're going to need that defense. And especially on Sunday, like you said, against Vanderbilt, Vanderbilt's going to be fired up. I mean, they haven't – Kelly Harper has not lost to Vanderbilt in her time at Tennessee. I'm sure there's a little 
encouragement there. Justine Passat, former Lady Vol, transferred out of Tennessee to Vanderbilt. I'm sure she'll be fired up returning back to Knoxville. So there's a lot of encouragement on Vanderbilt's side for that Sunday game. And there should be, at this point, a lot of encouragement for every game Tennessee plays because you're not projected in the tournament yet. And Tennessee's never missed the tournament. So that should kind of light a fire under them, you would hope. And realistically, I feel like just playing at home and not having to sit in airports and drive hours to get to airports and all that should also help them this weekend. It feels like, Caleb, this and and you may not necessarily be able to speak to this, but it, it feels like this UT Vanderbilt women's basketball game is as big when you look at Tennessee being 11 and 6, Vanderbilt being 7 and 2, and their two losses are to um, NC State and Missouri. It, it feels like this game is as big a matchup in this series as we've seen in a long time. Yeah, as, at least as of recent. And you, they are 17 and 2, but I mean, one of those losses, if Vanderbilt hits a layup as the clock expires, it could, they could very well be a one loss basketball team. So I think it was Joe Rexrode that treated, tweeted it the other day that this is probably the first time that Vanderbilt's ever come into a Tennessee-Vanderbilt matchup with a better March Madness resume at the time of them playing than Tennessee. And that really is the whole thing right now for Tennessee. Almost every team that they're going to play from here on out has a higher net ranking than them. Obviously, the rankings will fluctuate. But looking at it now, like they played Mississippi State the other night, and Mississippi State was in the 30s, and I think Tennessee was hovering at the high 60s. So – that postseason implications from that game helps Tennessee. And the same with this one. I think Vanderbilt's in the upper 40s, lower 50s. I don't know the exact number off the top of my head. And then Tennessee's still hanging around that 60 range. So Vanderbilt's a higher net ranking team if they get a win on Sunday. And at some point, you hope that this team can pass the eye test because a lot of these wins don't look pretty when you start off down 13 in the first quarter or down 17 in the first quarter. The double-digit deficits really don't exude a lot of confidence, I guess would be the best way to put it. You're not getting, like, you're not soundly defeating teams that you should be soundly defeating. So I think Tennessee will probably end up pulling out a win on Sunday, but I know Vanderbilt will be encouraged, highly encouraged in that game. And then Tennessee has to go to Nashville later this year. So that'll be another interesting one. Well, this weekend, Caleb does start the We Back Pat week, and – you know, this is among those games. There are several across across the country that will be taking place where they honor Pat Summit. And that includes, as you can see there on their screen, Ole Miss, Georgia, South Carolina, A&M, and then Arkansas, LSU, all on Sunday, along with, I guess, that's St. John's and Rhode Island. St. Joseph's. St. Joseph's, I mean, that's what I meant. Uh, <laughs> I had St. John's on my mind because I watched them get outscored 28 to nothing in a <laughs> – anyway. Mm-hmm. Mon- Monday, UCLA and Utah, Mississippi State, Florida, and then Wednesday, Oklahoma, Texas, future SEC matchup there on ESPNU. Yeah, hopefully then... OU won't put any horns down during that. <sighs> oh, goodness gracious. And then – uh, Thursday, Sunday, and Monday of next week as well. Plenty of plenty of games to honor Pat Summit, including Tennessee, Ole Miss on next Sunday, and Vanderbilt, South Carolina as well. And, and well, Kentucky, Alabama, for those of you who are watching uh, former Loretto star Carly Weathers there we go. for the Crimson Tide. 
Hey, y'all, before we shift, I know we're going to get into the men's basketball because the Vols have a pretty big matchup this weekend as well. But um, pretty big. at halftime of that Tennessee-Mississippi State game last night, um, back in the studio, studio analyst ESPN slash SEC Network analyst Steffi Sorensen put together her all-time Pat Summit team. and. Oof. Yeah, yeah. That may be a segment. Hold on. <laughs> I, I, I want to get your thoughts because as soon as they said we're going to do this at halftime, I, I went to work. Three no-brainers. Right, Caleb? Three three no-brainers. Chamiqua, Candace, and Tamika. Yep. You got to have no the contest. No contest there. I would agree with that. Sorensen's other two... And I think they kind of both played the same position, but I don't I don't know. Michelle Marciniak and Carol Lawson. Discuss. Mm. I feel like Bridget Gordon has to be in that conversation. I mean, I would not – that was a very confident segment that they did because that is hard, picking five players from – but, like, I'm, I'm with you. I think you got to take the Meeks plus Candace Parker. Those are locks. Mm-hmm. I think Bridget Gordon has to be in the conversation. I don't mind Kara. I mean, do you? I mean, at point guard, do you want to talk about having Holly Warlick in the conversation? Samika Randall. So yeah, there's I, there's so many. I I think I think Caleb, you're right regarding Bridget Gordon, and and I think I'm going Bridget and Kara, rather than Marciniak, but you know that's. That's just me, but I think it's certainly. I, I was not gonna leave my TV when I knew that they were doing that because I wanted to hear that discussion for sure. I, I, and it's I, really and and for for us particularly, Mo, where we're at and where we're based, it's really hard to leave Sheila Frost off the list. Mm, hello, Pulaski, Tennessee. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Good point. I mean, Good point. It, I, but but what are you gonna do when you have five? Well, and, and, and three. And you got, well, you got two, really. Yeah, two. <laughs> yeah, you got two. So. And so, yeah, that that's tough. But ah, gosh, my goodness, yeah, I, I. It would be really hard. You you could. You could easily argue, ten. Mm-hmm. For the list, ten would so, be a lot easier. Wouldn't it? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that's that's interesting. Yeah, Pat Pat Summit had some of the greatest players in the history of the game, no question. Yeah. And a lot of that was because of her, by the way. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. No doubt. <laughs> Again, Caleb, um Alabama with Nate Oates come into FCC at TBA or whatever it is we're calling it now, um tomorrow. Dalton Necht Connect, excuse me. And plus, by the way, uh, plus, over or under what is what's the over under for connect tomorrow? Is I over mean, thirty the, plus again. Uh, he's the only thing with him is he was inconsistent before this recent three game slate, which is kind of what I wrote in my preview for the game. Is that if they get consistency from Dalton Connect, I mean they could go a long way. I mean, if you're going off his recent performances, I'd say a good line would be thirty three. His average is 34. 
Alabama's not the best defensive team. They're going to want to score and push the pace, more possessions. Um, but if we get the Dalton Connect that was before SEC played, then the line's probably like seven. <laughs> so it's something about something about SEC road great, road games brought the biggest set of Dalton Connect his best games. But I mean, some of the stats that UT Athletics sent out about Dalton Connect's performances, he's just one of six balls with three 34-point performances, and then he's just one of four to do it in back-to-back games. And, I mean, we're talking Dale Ellis, Ernie Grunfield, Allen Houston, Bernard King. Like, he's not even been here a full year yet, and he's already in the conversation with some of the best players in Tennessee history. One of Barnes' best players probably since Kevin Durant. I mean, Barnes compares their – he won't compare them physically, which I can't blame him. Kevin Durant's a a freak, but – he compares their mindset and kind of – he says Dalton Connect gets a look in his eye. He just kind of knows to let him let him go to work. So the only Barnes player since Kevin Durant to score 35-plus in three or more outings. And Durant did it four times. So Connect can go out and tie it if he does drop more than 35 points. But the big thing for this game will be if Tennessee's defense can slow down Alabama. Whenever Alabama shoots, I think the percentage is above 41% from the field. They're undefeated. Or when they shoot above 41% from three. They're undefeated. They want to shoot the three-pointer a ton. And they have the number one offense based on Ken Palm. So it'll be a defense versus offense matchup on Saturday for sure in Knoxville. Instead of having the – instead of Thompson Bowling Arena at Food City Center, just been rolling with Knoxville yeah. recently. Uh, I've been going on campus and just looking at that. Yeah, so. I don't I – was, I was trying to find some odds for Dalton Connect can't be found uh I was, I was just curious <laughs> but uh you know caleb i have to ask you is it the biggest miss in the history of college basketball that he doesn't wear number four <laughs> i mean it's, it's up there it's crazy to me that nba scouts i that people knew of dalton connect at northern colorado and that his oh, defense yeah. kept him out of the league, which if I'm seeing a guy like, like kept him undrafted, if I'm seeing a guy like connect, I'm like, if you get somebody who can shoot and score like that, we can teach him defense. We can teach him to stand in front of somebody. And if there's a place you're going to come to learn how to play it, Rick Barnes is the man. And I think that that probably played a big factor in him being a Tennessee volunteer. Now, you know, you mentioned how defense is going to be the key that hasn't traditionally been the case with, you know, Rick Barnes teams, but he's kind of, let's say, loosened some restrictions on this team this year. And do you feel like it is going to pay off in the end or should they have stuck with the let's play defense and worry about offense secondarily? My thing is the other way didn't get you past the Sweet 16 even in a year when you weren't playing good teams. So you really don't have much to lose there. I mean, like you said, Rick Barnes is not known for teams that push the pace and have a ton of possessions per game. And that's what this team is doing. I mean, when we watched practice earlier this morning, a majority of their practices now are getting out in the fast break and either, and it's good for defense too. So, I mean, obviously half the team is defending, but you're getting out in fast breaks and getting quick points, running into quick sets. And Rick Barnes teams usually don't do that. So, you are seeing that now, and it's kind of playing into it. Kind of similar to what I was talking about earlier with Rakia Jackson on the women's side, with Dalton Connect on the men's side. 
he needs a, a better supporting cast. You need to get Josiah Jordan James involved in the offense a little more. He's been quiet recently. Santiago Vescovi has been quiet recently. Zakai Ziegler, you dropped 80 points last game against Florida, and I think Zakai scored under 10. I think he had eight or nine. You'll take that every but night. But he's shooting nearly 50%. <laughs> exactly. So when he is shooting it, it's good, and he's affecting the game in every other way. I just feel like you need to get some of those guys who you know can score, scoring more. And then you pair that with a Jonas Adu who's playing good, and a Dalton Connect who's playing really good offense. And you see why Rick Barnes wanted to change this year and kind of push the pace more because – You've got scores at all three levels that can put the ball in the hoop really when asked to. So I would, if I had Dalton Connect scoring the way he is, I would change the offense too. And and I think, Chris, to your point, I think you see coaches, I think the best coaches kind of evolve, particularly with their talent. And when you look at this UT team and what they're capable of on both ends of the floor, maybe you ease up a little bit on the defensive end. I mean, your principles don't change. Maybe just your personnel decisions, you kind of massage them a little bit in the name of a little bit more offense. So, well, and you, for the most part, you can't argue with it to this point. I mean, what, Kansas, Purdue, North Carolina, and a road loss at Mississippi State? I don't think that's, I don't think you're going to get dinged too much for that over the long haul. So and he may be, Mo, like you said, he might be loosening the defensive parameters here a little bit, but he's definitely not going any easier on Dalton Connect because he was the – now with some players, he pulls them out of the game when they make a defensive mistake. For Dalton, he just pulls them to the corner of the court and you can just and see him red-faced huh? lighting into him in the corner and then sends him off to go – Score some more three-pointers. So he's definitely, <laughs> not, go. he's definitely not going any easier on Dalton. I'll say that much. Kind of reminds me of former Nashville Sounds manager Trent Jewett. You don't coach everyone the same. You coach everyone the way they deserve to be coached. And Dalton Connect Dalton gets a stern talking to. Others get snatched. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, like you said, that's what Dalton, and he said it 100 times, that's what he came to Tennessee to do. He wanted to get coached hard wanted to learn how to play defense. So when Tennessee and Rod Clark went for him in the transfer portal, he came to Tennessee. Yeah. Well, and, and I watched a podcast with, with coach Barnes and he talked about, you know, coaching hard, coaching Dalton hard. And that's why he came here. And that's why players come to, he said, Josiah Jordan James has recruited more players to our program than I have, because if you, you know, if that's the kind of basketball you want to play and that's the kind of leadership you want, Rick Barnes, there, there's not another Rick Barnes out there. And Tennessee has seen a lot of great basketball players come into their program because of the way that he coaches. And these folks who want to get rid of Rick Barnes just blow me away. But, hey, who are we and what do we know, Mo? Not a thing. Not yeah. a thing. We do know, however, that this weekend is a huge weekend. Uh <laughs> Give us a, a, an update on the road situation. Are folks going to be able to get to FCC at TBA this weekend? Because you really feel like you need some home home court advantage here. Yeah, I left the house today for the first time since Monday. And I think the consensus is the main roads are clear. And flip a coin on every other road. Because I have to, to get to campus like I did today. And what I'll do, I'll do the same thing tomorrow. 
I have to go 20-ish minutes out of the way to dodge the roads that haven't been touched by a salt or a plow or anything like that. So, yeah, the Worth back it. roads are still – yeah, the back roads are still not good, but I think main roads are, for the most part, are good at this point, at least in Knoxville. I know last night with the freezing rain, Campbell County and some places outside of the central – Central Valley, I think, is what it's called. They had 18-wheelers all over the place due to ice. But main roads in Knoxville, for the most part, have been good, especially more west Knoxville. I know a lot of people say Kingston Pike and Broadway and the roads like that are completely clear. So back roads, I don't know. And then campus, like Neyland Drive, and to get to the actual stadium, all of the roads have been taken care of. I don't think they're going to open up the top of the garages still. I know they were working on it today. They had some little cat trucks up there scooping snow and then tossing it off the side into the grass. But, <laughs> so, so I don't know if that's those are ready yet. It didn't seem like it the way they were dumping the snow, but all the roads and everything seem to be for the most part clear on campus and dry too. I know it's going to be like eight degrees tonight. So that's a big thing too. There you go. Should be fun. It's going to be a lot of fun on tomorrow. Again, it's uh, Tennessee, Alabama men Sunday, Tennessee Vanderbilt women. It's going to be fun. Make sure to follow at Caleb Jarreau 16 for all of the in-game updates. Caleb, thanks again for participating in the show, and we appreciate it, man. Yep, thanks for having me, and y'all stay warm. We'll try. We'll try. All right, we'll take a break. When we come back, Major League Baseball stadium woes for at least two teams. We'll talk about it right after this. Stick around. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact us at 931-381-2663 or www.mtbj.net. Custom Stone Handler supplies over 600 distributors and suppliers with quality stone products. Along with River Stone, we produce and distribute over 100 building, landscape, and other bulk products. Our goal is to provide quality products, service, and partnerships to ensure our customers' success. We firmly believe that the measure of any person or company is how they treat other people and customers. Give them a call at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. A game without a crowd is just a scrimmage. A performance without an audience is just a rehearsal. Without your presence, high school sports and the performing arts aren't possible. Ensure that these essential extracurricular activities continue to enrich the lives of students in Tennessee. Purchase a ticket to your local high school's game or performance. This message presented by the TSSAA. With Lee Company Technology, the best handymen are hands-off. Lee Company Techs have been using visual findings and other smart technology tools for years to add transparency and virtually take customers along. You see what we see, whether we're in a crawl space or on a roof. With Lee Company, technology helps us help you, no matter what's happening in the world or at your house. 
Piggly Wiggly, located in Neely's Mill Shopping Center, is Columbia's locally owned and operated Cost Plus 10 grocery store dedicated to serving the community with low prices and smiling faces. Piggly Wiggly offers fresh, hand-cut meats daily as well as daily hot plate lunches from their deli counter. You're certain to see smiling faces and a helping hand when you're here at Piggly Wiggly. Come by and check out our fresh produce, high-quality meats, and more. Down home, down the street, we'll see you at the Pig. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. We specialize in orthopedic service, and our ortho quick walk-in clinic lets you bypass the ER. Visit us online at www.mtbj.net. Spunky Friday here. That's right. We... Spunky Friday here on Main Street Sports today. Yeah, yeah. With DJ Justin. Oh, yeah. On the That's ones good. and twos. I got a little uh, too funked out. I didn't get y'all's uh, screen sweep right away. You were too too excited about that music. It was, it was which is understandable. It's it's good. It's good stuff. Oh, uh, we're talking a little Major League Baseball right now, Mo. And uh, before we get into the stadium situation, Jeff uh, Passan Passan mm-hmm. Pass Ann says that Josh Hader is headed to the Houston Astros. Five-year, $95 million contract, which makes him the largest present-day value contract for a relief pitcher in baseball history. And I don't know if you remember this or not, but the Houston Astros general manager is former assistant GM Dana Brown of the Atlanta Mm -hmm. Braves. Mm -hmm. Just seems like a really weird thing for a former Braves front office person to do is spend a lot of money on a closer. <laughs> well, um, maybe the money is different. You know, everything <laughs> in Texas is bigger. So yeah, there is that. Yeah. But um, I'm just glad to see Josh Hader in the other league. Yeah. Not having to face him until potentially a world series matchup would be fantastic. Or, or an interleague game, I guess. But I mean, it certainly lessens, the possibilities of seeing him before the World Series, right? So, so yeah, that's that's interesting. I, I guess the Astros were not um, as enamored with um, with our boy, who um, Smith. Oh, Will Smith. Yeah, yeah. Well, he's he's with Kansas City. Kansas right? City, yeah, he's in Kansas City now. So Kansas City is going to win the World or uh, World Series this year. That's, I mean, Heather Williams has to be happy. It's what I'm told. Yeah. <laughs> that seems to be how things are going. So yeah, Josh Hader headed to the Astros, which is wild. But you know, <laughs> there's still a lot of free agents out there who are not going to be free agents by the beginning of the season, mm-hmm. who have no business being free agents right now. <laughs> like I am so confused about free agency in baseball, but it's, it's nuts. But before, well, we don't really want to get into that. Cause I want, I want to talk about this, the Oakland athletics. We have talked about it. Where are they going to play post 24 Mo? <laughs> Maybe they're going to be like the bingo long traveling all-stars and motor Kings. Maybe they're just <laughs> going to play all 162 on the road. I don't know. Well, according to Margaret Fleming, a front office sports, uh, Oakland A's executives are touring AAA ballparks in Sacramento and Salt Lake City this week. Oof. 
going to have to get creative, huh? I'm curious if they're going to end up playing at different places. If it's going to be sometimes in Salt Lake City, sometimes in Sacramento, Sacramento, sometimes in Nevada, sometimes in, you know, Vegas. I, I, I don't know. Like, this this could be a really weird thing, which is really cool for those fans in Sacramento and Salt Lake City. Here's here's what I'm wondering. As averse as newspapers are to cover a 100 and something game baseball season for whatever team it is that they're involved with anyway, wonder who the athletics home media outlet will be under those conditions. Yeah, that's a really good question. I, you know, you don't think it, we should think about that, but that's not really a concern of most people. And, you know, you've got outlets like, like the athletic where, you know, David O'Brien works, but which, who, which local sports talk stations are going to be talking about the Oakland Athletics? All of them? Well, I mean, none of them. Clear, clearly, they won't be the Oakland Athletics. Well, yeah, but I mean, who's going to be talking about them? I, I don't know. Is Vegas going to be talking about them? Is Salt Lake? Is Sacramento? All of the above? I, I mean, I don't you, know. Vegas would be kind of where you would feel like home base would be. That's where that's where you're going to have your offices. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, that's where they're going to be eventually, I guess. So maybe maybe that's the key. Mm. You know, does the what what's the the Las Vegas paper? Uh, the, the Review Journal. Yeah, is the Review Journal going to send folks to Sacramento and Salt Lake City on a regular basis to cover this baseball team? Not me. <laughs> and if you're and if you're a beat writer, do you want to do that? If you're a player, do you want to do that? You're never home. Ex wherever home is, there is no home. That's tough. I mean, you're going to see a bunch of athletics on one-year contracts this year. How wild is that? It's pretty darn. The... I, I mean, we'll, we'll continue to keep our eye on it. Oh, but. yeah, because, I mean, it's going to continue <clears throat> to be a topic. Yeah. Additionally, the Chicago White Sox are potentially moving closer to reversing a facility mistake that's now in its fourth decade. The club, according to frontofficesports.com, acknowledged it has engaged in talks with Chicago City officials about building a new stadium, advancing chatter that has actively swirled since last summer. The Sun-Times described the latest ballpark development talks as serious and focused on the city's south loop near downtown. The club's current lease at guaranteed rate at field expires after 2029, and leaving it would allow the White Sox to be closer to the commercial core and tourist traffic. Makes sense. And I guess after White Sox officials and Freddie O'Connell had their conversation last year where it seems that O'Connell conveyed, hey, 
you want to buy the property and build the stadium, we're open. Otherwise, get to step in, as Martin Lawrence would say. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't. I mean, they're not leaving. I don't think. I don't think they ever were leaving. To be honest, no. Uh, it, it, I guess they felt like they could get a little leverage, and I guess it didn't work. Nashville Major League Baseball is becoming Birmingham's NFL from the seventies, where Birmingham was always the city that was. That we're going to move to Birmingham if you don't give us a stadium and everybody got a stadium out of it and Birmingham never got a team. <laughs> so there's that. Uh, yeah, it's what it's I think is interesting. The, the, the whole Nashville baseball situation is fascinating when you look at some of the names that are involved with it, like Dave Stewart and some of those other yeah. notable individuals that are involved. But I just think the climate here is not conducive to that right now. And and I don't know I don't know what changes it. Well here's the weird thing is that obviously the, the baseball and football stadiums here are the, there's not gonna be a baseball stadium because of the football stadium. Chicago is having the same issue. Because mm -hmm. the Bears are trying to move out of Soldier Field. They're trying to b build a new stadium. And now, are we going to build two new stadiums all at once? Are you going to build one stadium? How does that work? They're not doing multi-purpose stadiums anymore, are they? And hey, not for baseball, football. Who's to say they can't? I don't know. Well, I'm maybe they're maybe they're in a maybe they're in a the the same part of this sixty two acre property where you put a football stadium and a baseball stadium next to one another. Well, I mean, I think that's I more like that's more of an option than I just think the way baseball stadiums and the way football stadiums are configured and with the advent of suites and the and the revenue streams that suites bring, I don't think football suites and baseball suites can coexist. That makes sense. I, Not I just, in proximity you know, the to proximity the field. Proximity to the field. Yeah, I, I think there's there's going to be a real issue with that. So as long as those suites and the revenue streams from those are as valued by those franchises as they are, I don't think you're going to see multi-purpose stadiums. I don't either. I don't either. All right, Terry is in, so we're going to take a break. We'll get to him right after this, talk a little Titans on Main Street Sports today. Stick around. Since 1975, Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint Clinic has treated the orthopedic needs of Middle Tennessee residents. 
The trained physicians provide surgical options and minimally invasive options to treat all orthopedic needs. The walk-in clinic, OrthoQuick, helps you bypass the ER while treating sports injuries and acute needs Monday through Saturday. Visit MTBJ online at mtbj.net or on social media at Mid-Tennessee Bone Joint Clinic. Welcome back in Main Street Sports Day, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. Terry McCormick joins us now for your daily Titans update-ish. <laughs> Terry is, well, the Titans have interviewed now eight people. Who's left? Well, they still have to interview the two Detroit guys. I think uh, Aaron Glenn was supposed to go today. Ben Johnson still got to go. And then another name cropped up on the list yesterday, uh, reported that they're going to talk with uh, David Shaw, former Stanford coach, a longtime coach there who uh, kind of cut his teeth as an assistant in the NFL before joining Jim Harbaugh at Stanford and then taking over the head coaching role once Harbaugh went to the 49ers. How long has he been out of coaching now? I, I just looked that up because I knew you'd ask. He resigned after the 2022 season at Stanford, so only a year. It, it kind of seems longer than it that for some reason. It does seem longer, yeah, maybe because he was at Stanford. That's interesting. Um, on a scale of 1 to 10, and Terry, you may or may not be able to answer this. This might be a dumb question. How serious a candidate would you think David Shaw is for – this or any other, any other NFL job, and maybe that varies about from from team to team. So, well, I think, yeah, it's kind of a hard question to answer. But I think that maybe he got the batteries recharged with some time off. Uh, the Chargers, I think, interviewed him, and he interviewed for the Broncos last year. So he's keeping his name out there at least uh, for if any opening comes available that he fits uh, you know, he was hailed widely hailed for the work that he did uh, at Stanford, you know, with uh, Andrew Luck and, and all, and then things kind of leveled off after a while. And, you know, his name kind of fell off the coaching radar, I guess, because he was kind of entrenched at Stanford. But uh, I think the guy's a pretty good coach and certainly fits the criteria of an offensive mind like we've all been saying that they need to go after. I think, I guess my concern, and I don't know if it's as much a concern as it is a reflection of other people's concerns maybe, uh, I think that there's a question out there of what he did with whose players, you know, Harbaugh's versus his necessarily at Stanford. I, I, I think he's a pretty good coach as well, but I think – I think he's pretty polarizing along those lines. So I'll just be interested to see, you know, what momentum there is behind him getting an NFL gig. Yeah, I agree with you completely. By the way, it looks like one of the names is off the list now. It looks like the Raiders are going to keep Antonio Pierce as their guy. So cross what's him off what, the list. What took, as they what said took in that so long? I don't know. I think maybe they probably – wanted to make a run at Harbaugh or somebody and then realized that that wasn't going to happen. Who knows? Maybe that's the reason. 
And and I guess they will characterize it as doing their due diligence, but yes, it it just but if you're felt, really doing your due diligence, don't you do like uh, Bill Be- uh, like Bill Belichick, like Robert Kraft did with Gerard Mayo, and just say this is our guy, he's been here, you know, this is who we're rolling with. Uh, well, does it make you feel better though if you say we talked to other people and he was still the best guy? That's the way they're going to spin Maybe it. So. That's I mean. <laughs> It makes that's you feel better as a fan. That's that's the way they're going to spin it. We we went out and we, you know, tested the waters and we realized that the best person for this job was right here the all along. We scoured the four corners of the earth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, yep, yep. Interesting. Um, Terry, have you heard anything more regarding Vrabel's West Coast visit? Well, you know, the Chargers yesterday, It's uh, it's been said that the Falcons and Seahawks are also on his radar potentially, or that he's on their radar, I guess I should say. But uh, it certainly sounds like the Falcons may be uh, working hard to get Belichick to come down there. Now, whether it's Belichick, whether it's Vrabel, whether it's Chris and Moe coaching the Falcons next year, they're going to need a quarterback, and they're going to have. They don't currently have one, so whoever takes that job better have a plan to get somebody under center that's better than Desmond Ritter or Taylor Heineke. I felt like Seattle was going to be a Mike Vrabel player just from the proximity and time from Vrabel's firing to. Pete Carroll no longer being there it just and it might have just been strictly coincidence but you know when we had um when we had Steve Lehman on that day and and he talked about teams that may not necessarily be considering a coaching change may suddenly consider a coaching change as a result of Mike Vrabel being on the market and the next day Pete Carroll was out so yeah I mean I it's very interesting timing to me. Yeah, it very, very is, you know, very much is interesting timing. And I think, uh, you know, when you're talking about the Seattle situation, it's a team that with a tweak here or a tweak there could very easily be a, a playoff contender again. They finished, what, 9-8 and eight and lost out on tiebreakers, I think, to the Packers. And so when you're looking at those situations, we know that, you know, Vrabel probably is not – up for a major rebuild. Don't think he wants to go coach the Panthers unless there are no other options available. If he wanted a major rebuild, he could have acquiesced to Amy Adams Strunk and had that here. So, you know, my question is this. How much of putting the band back together does he do if he gets a job somewhere with one of these teams? Uh, Henry, Tannehill, Autry, you know, a, a two or three of the bigger names that are free agents here that may or may not be back, most likely not. So what would you think a Vrabel situation would look like in terms of spaces for those guys? I think he'd make space for Derrick Henry. You would think. Yeah. (laughs) And Danico Autry. And if he's in Atlanta, Ryan Tannehill. So there you go. It's, it's, it's going to be interesting, I think, to see where he lands 
and this this entire cycle is interesting. And I happened to trip on an article on Yahoo Sports last night. Chris, I think I sent it to you. I can't find where I sent it to you, though. But um, they, oh, here it is. Um, Jory Epstein, at Jory Epstein, if you were interviewing for an NFL head coach opening, where would you want to go and why? And apparently she and Charles Robinson polled coaches and execs. Find out how they rank the teams from most to least attractive. And of the seven openings, because the Patriots are not open, the Titans were sixth ahead of the Panthers. So maybe I, we shouldn't feel so bad about the athletics ranking <clears throat> that we refer to. Or maybe ago. it's an echo chamber, Mo. Maybe national media and the Titans are an echo chamber. That's exactly what it is. That there's never going to be respect for anything that they have, could have, or have done, no matter what. They won the well, division four times, still not picked to win the division. Let, 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 let me read this to you. I read it. Okay, well, let me read it to the people who haven't. <laughs> <laughs> How the job opened by firing head coach Mike Vrabel is not resonating well across the NFL. And that impacts how people are looking at this opening. And ain't stopped eight people from look from from applying and interviewing. Well, I, I I still I I think, and Chris, we talked about this from the get. I mean, I don't know that that's off base. Yeah, I mean, I don't disagree with that. And here's the other thing too that I think was mentioned in the athletic article, and and maybe voiced here as well. You got to remember, on draft night, Will Levis took a tumble, and there were a lot of people that you know questioned his attitude, questioned his senior year at Kentucky where he played hurt, blah blah blah. You know, we we all know you know the song and dance of that. But in the half season that he was under center for the Titans, he did reasonably well given the circumstances. Uh, terrible offensive line. Uh, not really anybody other than DeAndre Hopkins to throw to, except maybe another rookie in Tajay Spears out of the backfield. So not great personnel in front of him. And he and locally and and probably to the decision makers inside the, the walls at St. Thomas Sports Park, he quieted and answered quieted the, the you know the concerns and answered the questions that they might have had about him, even as they drafted him and showed that they had enough confidence to do so. But if you are out there and you're in Seattle or Los Angeles or uh, Atlanta or any anywhere else other than right here in Nashville, and, you know, except for the flashes against the Falcons and the flashes against Miami on Monday Night Football, you probably still have some of the same concerns and issues that lingered from draft night about Will Levis because your organization passed on it. So maybe that's where some of that lies. You know, just the fact that he didn't, you know, that the Titans are a small market team. They were not a contender and he only got half a season to show what he could do. Yeah. All right. There's our Titans coaching situation check-in. Terry, 
Tell us about Zen Sports. It's a new sports betting app exclusively in Tennessee the last few months, and I'm excited to share with you some big news. Now, when you sign up for a Zen Sports account, you will receive up to a $1,000 no-danger first wager. That's right. When you place your first bet in Zen Sports with up to plus 500 odds, you can be reimbursed for the amount of your bet up to a $1,000 maximum within 24 hours if the bet loses. And there's more good news. Zen Sports is rolling out its brand new VIP rewards program. This new VIP rewards program will allow top tier customers to earn more bonuses, comps, and perks. The VIP program is by invite only, so if you feel your Zen Sports play qualifies for VIP consideration, please check out the program details and apply at zensports.com slash VIP. No other sportsbook will offer you a premier sports betting experience with 24-7 top-tier customer support and faster withdrawals than Zen Sports. So what are you waiting for? Get going and download their app at zensports.com today. Zen Sports, betting just got better. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-889-9789. Terms and conditions apply. Must be 21 and older and in Tennessee to bet. Smiles. These are the healthy smiles of real Delta Dental members. Folks with access to the nation's largest network of dentists and low deductible plans with 100% preventive care coverage, all backed by over 65 years of expertise. Go online or give us a call to learn about affordable individual plans that meet your needs. 1-855-844-0445. This holiday season, the largest lantern festival in the country returns to Nashville Zoo. Witness more than 1,000 handcrafted Chinese lanterns featuring brand new designs, including towering mythical beasts, a life-sized Santa's workshop, and a 100-foot-long dragon. Welcome back to Zoolumination at Nashville Zoo. Bigger, brighter, and better than ever. Welcome back in Main Street Sports today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. Chris, yeah, Mo Patton. And Mo, I'm just, I don't want to get off into the weeds of this too much, but I do want to read this from Jake Robertson at Glory Day Sports. Six years ago today, the odds to become the next Tennessee Titans head coach. Mike Vrabel plus 300. John DeFilippo plus 400. Matt LaFleur plus 400. Jim Bob Cooter. Fayetteville legend, Lawrence County, uh, I'm sorry, Lincoln County mm -hmm. legend, plus 500. Steve Wilkes, plus 500. Frank Reich, plus 750. And Jim Schwartz, plus 750. Oh. Only, <laughs> it's, it's amazing to me the names of that list and how badly they In could have screwed up that higher oh, and didn't. Gracious. Oh, the only name on this list that you would rather have had than Mike Vrabel might have been Matt LaFleur. Maybe. And that's it. Maybe like, Steve Wilkes. Well, I mean, yeah, you can't really judge him on what happened. At Carolina. In Carolina. Or or at Arizona. But, yeah, but I mean, no. they, I they mean, got it, the higher right. you got to give them credit for that. Of course, you know. I mean, when you we, look at that list, it feels so obvious. <laughs> 
but we've got you know obviously we've got the benefit of of hindsight hindsight but still goodness gracious it's it's not it's Ooh. nuts man just nuts anyway you talk, you talk about dodging multiple bullets <laughs> so if if nothing else you know you can say what you want to about uh, the volatility of the head coaching position in Tennessee if you're in the national media or the the, the however you view Amy Adams strunk but she's not been wrong three consecutive times so yeah I mean, you you got to. I I don't know if I'm necessarily ready to hit her with the in in AAS we trust like Anthopolis, but you know, well, the last person in this organization we said we trusted in got fired last year, so yeah. maybe we just don't. Maybe we just maybe, leave. Maybe that we there. just don't trust the Titans. Just just leave just leave that that in Atlanta. Leave that. That whole phrase somewhere else. But anyway, <laughs> okay, let's move on from the Titans unless unless our unless. next guest has something that she would like to add to that conversation, and I'm sure that she will have something great if she does. Absolutely. Teresa Walker joins us now from the Associated Press, and we appreciate her time. What's up, T? Uh, well, I'm trying a new setup, guys, because it I looks know good. Usually, thank you. It usually looks like I'm coming to you from a cave, so it's like uh, – I'm trying something a little different, show off a different portion of my office, uh, you know, some hardware back there. Um, I'll be adding another one later this year, five, 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 time, Tennessee Sports Writer of the Year. So one for the exa- thumb. Exactly, one for the thumb. So uh, I, I do want to add, I mean, I, I know those rankings, and I, I call bull. Um, <laughs> I mean, because so, so does much, you Well, well, here's the thing. It, so much of it is designed by outside perception, and I heard a little bit of Terry there. There's a lot of people who, you know, probably kicking themselves for having skipped on Will Levis because those of us who've seen him in person and know how bad that offensive line was, we saw – I mean, I've covered a lot of rookies in my 27 seasons with this franchise, and uh, I know what they've got to work with, and – and I see something that they can absolutely work with in Will Levis. He, he, he acts like an NFL starting quarterback, and he navigated a locker room where he wasn't the starter when he came in. He was number three on the depth chart. And, you know, and, and then you still had, had the veteran, you know, just over there in the locker room. It, it, it's an awkward situation to navigate. And, you know, he showed the leadership that he could as he could. And, uh, you know, they made it very clear that they're looking for somebody to, you know, grow and build around him with the resources they're going to have. So, uh, excuse me, lots and lots of cap space. Over the cap has them at the most effective cap space in the NFL. They're going to, you know, 23 free agents going out the door. It changes coming, and we don't know who the new coach is going to be. But, shoot, they've done their eighth interview today with Brian Johnson, and it's like, you know, she said she was casting a wide net, and Amy Adams Strunk is doing just that. I mean, they're still – I mean, David Shaw's reportedly also interviewing with them. And, you know, and it's like – I'll just say this. I'm glad that uh, – you know, now, now, these are virtual interviews. So they still have to interview two minority candidates in person. But, you know, with the addition today of Brian Johnson, he's the third minority candidate. David Shaw is the fourth. And you know what? When I did the story on Brian Johnson a little while ago, 
Uh, I, I'm not referencing minority candidate or the black candidate because thankfully they're, they're talking to enough diverse, it's a diverse enough pool that, you know, we're past that. And if, I think, you know, I, as a female who's had to write a lot of first female, this, that, and the other, uh, that, that's something that I think we're all looking forward to. No doubt, Teresa. Um, so how would you rank the vacancies before we get into Brits? I'm putting the Titans near the top. I mean, here's the thing. But then I've been at the facility. I've seen the money that Amy and her family has put into nearly doubling the size of that facility, bringing it into the 21st century, the employees that she's hired to help staff up the organization. And, and FYI, Arizona, you know, the reports out of there that Bill Bedwell, you know, fired a whole bunch, laid off a whole bunch of people yesterday, including his CFO, uh, you know, and uh, then you look at the fact that they're going to be breaking ground on a new stadium. Uh, the fact that, you know, she staffed this place up to get Nashville and the, and the state of Tennessee to pony up $1.2 billion for an enclosed stadium. And, you know, let, let, you know we, those of us who've been here for more than a minute, and remember what Nashville was before pro sports arrived truly with the Predators and the Oilers in 97. Uh, we know what Nashville used to be. We, and, and to think about what they're going, you know, they've got a committee that is out there trying to get events to go in that dome stadium, enclosed, whatever you want to call it, right now. When the NFL owners are here this spring in, in May, I'm fully expecting them to announce that Nashville will be hosting a Super Bowl in February of 29. It would be 28, but they want to make sure that they give them an extra year with supply chain issues, et cetera, to make sure the stadium's open for a year. So it's like, could you know, people, Nashville natives, as few as there are, to imagine a Super Bowl being played in Nashville, I mean, it's like we, and, 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 and Amy deserves a huge amount of the credit. The, the, the success that the NFL had in its draft, still the biggest audience, Nashville baby in 2019 and she was a big part of the push helping get that here so it's like it feels like what Amy has brought to this franchise to this city has been unnoticed or ignored on the national stage and again cap space draft picks seventh pick overall whoever ends up as the coach is going to have a chance to rebuild this franchise pretty quickly. I, I agree. That's why I'm with you 100. It's it's at least top two, maybe the best job available. But hey, that maybe I'm biased. I don't know, but I, <laughs> I I may be biased, but I know those other people are. Washington was first, and it's like, excuse me, just because they have a new owner, we've seen what David Tepper has done in Carolina. So for all the Titan fans who keep adding me and saying we need a new owner, she needs to sell. Be careful what you wish for, because Panther fans once upon a time wanted a new coach or a new new owner, rather. They still and want a new owner. <laughs> they still want a new owner. I mean, he, he, his record was 30 and 63, and that's when they lost to the Titans. So, and that was before he fired Frank Reich. So after one year. So, you know, sometimes change for change's sake. Be careful what you wish for. There you go. The new direction. Hmm. Yeah, you got to look out for that new direction. It because. Well, but if anybody's going in a new direction, it seems to be the Nashville Predators. It does. 
it's fun to watch, uh, you know, and, and I think we talked about this back during the, uh, the doldrums before uh, the seasons all got started. You know, the Titans uh, wanted to do what the Predators have done, you know, first year GM and Barry Trotz, and he had never been a GM before. And now he did have the benefit of working with David Poyle over the last year and kind of, and if you're going to learn from a GM, I mean, the, the long time, the, you know, the guy who's been in the NFL, NHL as the longest and winningest GM in David Poyle is certainly someone you want to learn from. But Barry Trotz has made it clear and has since he took over that he's doing things his way. And, you know, bringing in Andrew Brunette, getting rid of John Hines. And, I mean, you know, the fact that they're still sitting in the one, you know, spot for the wild card. And, you know, they, they beat the Kings last night, a desperate Kings team. And a team that, in the Kings that have three games in hand on the Predators. So, you know, the Predators are going to have to keep winning. They're going to have to find a way to win at home. Uh, Saros has got to figure out how to, you know, quit giving up bunches of goals and getting chased from games. But he's now got two wins under his belt. So, um, you know, he's shown some shakiness that makes me wonder if Barry trades him at the deadline. And I, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, I mean, you're in a rebuilding year as much as he'd like to make the playoffs. You know, Barry Trotz understands that they've got to see some things from some guys. And, you know, bringing up Iskarov, that was – I don't think that was – just getting him some extra time up at the NHL level. I think it was, let's see what he can do at this level and then send him back down to Milwaukee. And, and, and he continues getting the playing time. But, you know, when he, what he showed in that show, shootout against Washington, you know, I, I know that Ovi is not having the season that Ovechkin fans are used to, but he, you know, the young kid from Russia shut down two Russians in that shootout for the win. And, you know, it would have been nice to have seen him do his, uh, you know, celebration where he shuts down the net, but he had given up some goals in the games. I guess, you know, after a shootout win, you can't do that. But, I mean, that's where the Predators are. They're contending. They're trying to get in the playoffs. And because, yes, as we know, once you get in the playoffs, a hot goalie can take you a long way. And I, I, I think that the Predators are exactly where you'd hope they'd be. Now, can they stay there and, you know, be there at the end of the season? Let's stay tuned. But, I mean, and Yossi's playing well. Forsberg's an all-star. He's playing at the – Ryan O'Reilly is, you know, for a guy on, his, on a new team, he is second among those changes for most goals with his new team. And he had a key goal for him last night, you know, in a 2-1 win. So, uh, you know, all the buttons that have been pushed so far – uh, Barry Trotz, Andrew Brunette with this new system, they lead the league in hits. It seems, you know, that's, that's playing a physical style, which, you know, they played under Barry when he was coaching. Right. I, it, I mean, what's the complaint about if you're a Preds fan right now? Uh, Want to see them win at home the way they went on the road? That may be the one area that they have to really focus on and improve and get better at. And if that's, that's just weird, though. It is weird. I mean, the, the atmosphere in Smashville remains among the best in the league. So it's, it's, it's uh, yeah, they've got to find a way to make themselves feel at home or maybe feel like they're on the road when they're at home. I don't know what it is, but, <laughs> but that's the thing. Once they get that figured out, if they can continue playing as well as they do on the road, 
then, you know, all bets are off. I mean, that's the thing. I want to see them get in the playoffs and see what they can do once they're there because, well, Lord, anything can be better than not making the playoffs. Or in John Hines' last appearance, they were swept for the one and only time in this franchise's history. And, And the fun thing on Monday, you know, they're going to be doing a thing in the morning where they've got some of the members of the original team, the 1998-99 team, signing some pucks, and they're putting them on the wall up there at at the arena. And uh, as people were pointing out when I retweeted that yesterday, yeah, yeah, this is the expansion team that Nashville had to deal with compared to what the Vegas Golden Knights Mm -hmm. got when they were literally – they they went top shelf stocking that roster. Well, one of the guys who will be signing those pucks says – gets to walk by it all the time now. That's Andrew Burnett, who will get to sign a puck and walk and see it all the time. That's good for him. You know, this, you you talked about you see, and that's really the, that's the crux of this conversation here, because when you see Soros this year, when he's been good, he's been great. When he's not been good, he's been terrible. It has been literally the extreme of both ends for this for, for him, and it's almost like, well, it, you kind of don't hate it. It's like, well, crap. I mean, you, you know, it is what it is. We, we've given up four or five goals. We're not going to win this one. It's almost like I'd rather have that than give up two or three and. <laughs> And lose. lose, you know, three to two. I get don't know. Out, huh? <laughs> if we're going to lose, let's just lose early let's, so I can go, so I can go to bed. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> so, so you can put to something else, Chris? Yeah, so uh, I can find something else to watch. Cause it, it, but that, that's exactly what it's been like. It's been He's been fantastic or just putrid. And I don't know I what know. the deal is. Uh, it, well, I, I know they're trying to figure that out really quickly. And, uh, you know, it's like they do have a guy in Pekka that they can turn to if they need some extra advice. Uh, he's got to work through this because he, he's been very, very good. And he's getting to a point where, you know, at contract status, you know, yeah, he's going to be wanting another deal, at, you know, sooner rather than later. And I, I think that the Predators would, I mean, here's the thing. Goalie seems that lo- that la- that lo- that shelf seems to be pretty well stocked. I think that if you're Barry Trotz and Andrew Burnett, you want him to play really really well leading up to the trade deadline so that you can see what kind of a- assets you could get in-, in in a trade for him. And then yes, bring up the scar off and go with him and Lincoln in-, in net because Lincoln has been fairly good when he's been on the ice this year. So uh, I-, I that's my hunch. You know, now, you know, they may be thinking the other way, that we want him to be good because we want to extend him. Uh, that I think that's what David Poyle would be thinking. Uh, but again, we've made very clear, Barry Trotz has made very clear he's not David. So, you know, I, 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 but either way, it helps the Predators if they get good UC Soros rather than the bad UC Soros because, I mean, you know, I, I don't know about you. You know, yes, when they're getting blown out, you can switch over to something. I highly recommend zooming the the, the bear. If you uh, haven't seen that yet, I'm, you know, after the Emmys the other night, I'm, I'm finishing up a binge watch of that. Um, and it is pretty amazing, I'll just say. Um, but it, either way, you want them to be good because, again, this team is trying to do a fast rebuild and keep it, things in place. You know, that's why they brought in Ryan O'Reilly. You know, that's why they have, you know, they, they've got some veterans 
They're giving lots of playing time to young guys to give them chances to develop. And net is the, you know, this team from the very beginning has been built from the net out. And you need to know if Saros is the guy going forward for you or if he's a guy that you need to trade so that you can get some more assets to keep building this team to where it wants to be, which is a perennial contender. So, so here's the good thing. The, go ahead. Go ahead. Given, yes, yes. Given Soros's inconsistency right now, what is his trade value relative to what it was? Has it changed? I, well, I think it has changed, but and that's why you need to see consistency out of him, you know, through the next few weeks. I mean, it's it. it, it I, I'm trying to think when the de, uh, the trade deadline is, but you know, you're within two months of that. Uh, I mean, Lord, it's oh, January 19th. I mean. Thank God for uh, cell phones because, you know, yes, it, the, the, the clock has changed, but thanks to this coaching search with the Titans, uh, I don't know what day of the week it is or what the date is unless I Friday, March 8th. Well, there that you go. That is the deadline. Yeah. So that's about six weeks, I think. Um, I know this because I'm about five weeks away from a vacation. Um, <laughs> so, so you want Hashtag to think- priorities. Hey, baby, uh, March is filled with SEC tournament and NCAA madness down in Memphis, first and second rounds men's tournament. So, yes, mama needs her rest. Um, Seven weeks but, from today. Oh, there you go. Thank you. Hey, I'm a journalist for the math, baby. Um, but anyway, yeah, ignore the diploma back there. When I went there, you didn't have to take math. I took biology instead. The fact is, though, you want Soros consistently showing that he can make stops, that he can be among the best in the league. So that you can you can maximize the trade value. If he ends up if if you don't get what you want as an offer, then you can still always sign him to a new contract. But if you can get something in trade for him, more assets and such, and and, and clear up a space to to look at Scarroff, then I think you do that because they are rebuilding. They are playing a lot of young players, and you know while Saros is still technically a young goalie. They've got younger guys behind him who, you know, that I think that they'd like to see in net night in and night out. I know Predator fans would love to see a scar off in the net night in and night out and, and see what he can do. Here's the good thing. You have two options here. You bring a scar off up. You show him off. Maybe you can trade him too. Maybe he's the guy instead of Soros. If Soros is the guy you want long-term, if he's not, you can trade either of those, get prospects in this rebuilding year and feel good about your goalie situation for the next five or six years going forward, whether it's a scar off or Soros, depending on, you know, how, you know, how that those trades go. So I feel like they're in a really good position as far as the trade deadline is concerned. Agreeing that they don't have to force something. They don't right. have to they don't have to be desperate. They don't have to say, you know what, we've got to do this and take something less. I think that they can be picky and choosy and that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. Uh I, I, I would say this. I like Askarov's youth because, you know, while Soros is certainly not an old goalie, you know well he's ding 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 and and, you know goalies can certainly play I mean Pekka showed your time can last well into your mid-30s as a goalie uh this might be the prime time to get the maximum value in trade for him 
while you've got a you know younger goalie behind him. So, you know, I, I don't, you know, and, and that's the one thing is they keep finding ways to find goalies that can play for this franchise. I mean, you know, the, the fact of the, the matter is this franchise uh, has been in, uh, that's the one area that they have truly excelled Mm-hmm. in in finding goalies from you know from the very beginning so yep. you know Peck, Peck t- t- took it to a new level and he set the level that all goalies will now be me- measured by in Smashville history but that said you know I, I I think now is the time to try and see if you can get get the most out of Soros but to make that work need consistency from him on the ice one way or the other to show you something either he's not the guy moving forward or he is the guy and if he is, if he's consistent and he's consistently good, then Barry Trotz can sit back and say, show me the offer. Pony That's it. And I think you're exactly right is, you know, you see what, what's the trade value for UC Soros? What's the trade value for Yaroslav Askarov? And you determine which one makes the most sense for your rebuild. And I, I mean, that's that's a good problem to have if you're the Nashville Predators and you're a brand new GM and Barry Trotz and a first year coach and Andrew Burnett. I feel like you got to feel really good if you're this this organization. I did uh, I did hear you say earlier and think this is the wildest stat though. The Preds lead the league in hits, by the way. So we are out here playing Smashville hockey, both literally and figuratively. <laughs> so and and physically. I mean. I mean. It, you play Nashville, you're going to feel it the next day. And, there you go. And there's nothing wrong with that. Not, Not at all. all. Not in that sport. Absolutely. Teresa Walker of the Associated Press joining us here on Main Street Sports today. Glad you're feeling better. Yes. Well, let's put it this way. I rallied some today. I, I don't know if I'm still feeling the effects or if it's just or if it's something else, but people stay safe out there. There's so much going around. I, and and I, I still feel, I don't know if I sound stuffy, but I feel like I've got a head full of cotton right now. So, uh, you know, it's this roller coaster weather. It's going to be 60 next week. What the heck? Hang in there. Tennessee. Absolutely. Hey, we appreciate you. We'll catch you up. Sounds good. Thank you, guys. Thank you. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, coaching news from college and pro ranks as well as NFL pick'em so stick around This is Chris Yao with Main Street Sports Today. Every show, Mo Patton and I welcome friends from all across the sports landscape, from high school coaches and reporters to national, college, and pro sports personalities. You never know who might stop by for a chat. AP Tennessee Sports Editor, three-time Tennessee Sports Writer of the Year 2020 TSWA Hall of Famer. She covers the Titans, the Predators, the Grizzlies, college football, and hoops. Please make welcome, Teresa Walker. Former University of Tennessee, former Team USA Olympian, XI Young Award winner, Ari Dickey. Ari, did I miss anything? Man, that was sweet. <laughs> yeah, I, I need to listen to that before I go to bed every night. That was nice. <laughs> Has five sports Emmys. That's not bad for the other guy in Wham. <laughs> other guy in Wham married the best-looking girl Bananarama, so other guy in Wham had a pretty good life. From preps to pros, we're taking on the sports topics you care about. Tune in across Main Street Media social platforms at 2 p.m.
a.m. or on demand on your podcast distribution platform of choice. Welcome back in Main Street Sports today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. It is time now to get into our final couple segments here. Before we do that, a couple of things that I want to mention very quickly. Number one, LSU transfer offensive tackle Lance Hurd has committed to Tennessee, which is huge, mm. considering they've lost a couple of offensive tackles into the yeah, transfer portal. Um, Gerald Mincher. To Kentucky. Yeah. Uh, and also, the Nashville Sounds are holding uh, or, or asking for auditions, or you can apply to be their next public address announcer. You can be the voice of First Horizon Park if you so choose. Um, so, yeah, NashvilleSounds.com to apply for that. All right. Number one. Mm-hmm. The university in Ohio of the state variety, the Ohio State University, (laughs) has hired Ross Bjork as its athletics director and now Bill O'Brien as its offensive coordinator for the football team. And they did both of these things on purpose, apparently. (laughs) Yeah, the Bjork thing has been a few days. I think they did that Monday or Tuesday, maybe, the O'Brien thing. Um, Clearly, Ryan Day did not speak to Jalen Milrow on this. (laughs) Listen, Ryan, I I don't know if Ryan Day's trying trying to get that buyout or what. What? This doesn't well, make any sense. Well, I'll tell him this. He may not have to try very hard for very much longer. Uh, if you're looking to get fired, gotten it. if you're looking to get fired, which I mean at this point, and you got a new AD too. Mm. Who's not beholden to you, as they say. Hey. <laughs> Welcome the next head coach of the Ohio State University, Jimbo Fisher. <laughs> Surely Bjork wouldn't hire him again. Would he? No, not a chance. Okay, All right. not a just, chance. Okay, you you would you would just kind of be in facetious yeah. there. Huh? Okay, gotcha. But I, gotcha. I can't. I, I, this blows my mind. But I guess if if Bill O'Brien offense is going to work anywhere, the Big Ten might be the place where it could. Clearly, I mean, well, I mean, it it, it kind of worked at Penn State, right? Yeah, or so, yeah, he was there at Penn State. He did a he, he, he did a great job there. He's the head coach and there, right after. There. Yeah, I mean, he he took that program from the depths of despair to, you know, stable. Now, out now of, after a year. Now, to be fair, their depths of despair weren't necessarily football related. Well, no, it was though. I mean, they lost like forty players. Because you remember that he put the names on the back of the jerseys because they deserved it because they stayed. That's right. And because they were ineligible for a bowl and all of this, so he put their names on their jerseys. I mean, he he took a team that was made up of nobodies and stabilized that program to what 
it is today. And uh, you got to give him credit for that. Now, I don't know how that translates to him being an offensive coordinator at Ohio State in this world of it's a different world than he was, you know, in at that time. We'll see. As as long as there's no Jalen Milrose on the Ohio State roster, I guess he'll be okay. And there aren't. (laughs) So there you go. Um, But who is on the Ohio State roster is former Kansas State quarterback Will Howard. Is that right? Isn't that where he landed? Was that the Kansas State quarterback they got? I believe (laughs) There were three in the portal. I can't remember which one was which. (laughs) I think Will Howard is the right one, yes. Uh, yes. I, I'm not entirely sure, but... <laughs> he is. He is. I, 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 Ohio State getting quarterbacks from Kansas State, I didn't have on my bingo card, but, I mean, hey, whatever works. Whatever works. So, I, I, we'll, we'll see how it works out. I, I'm not... I don't think it's going to be very good, I think I think Ron Day is going to end up fired, but I could be wrong. I have them. How? I don't know. I got nothing. I mean, I guess, like you said, with the new AD, it's it's not out of the realm of possibility. Also, quarterback transferring. Since we're talking about it, might as well talk about Diego Pavia. Hmm. Finding his way to Nash Vegas and West End from New Mexico State following what we told you earlier, and that is Jerry Kill being a an assistant to Clark Lee. So, and Tim Beck, the offensive coordinator, also came from New Mexico State, right? That's right. Yeah. So, so Diego Pavia. That quarterback room got crowded pretty <clears throat> quick, didn't it? Um, also TJ Finley, we're going to have to deal with him, Mo. Western Kentucky. That's a heck of a move for him. That's a heck of a move for him. Oh, it's absolutely brutal for us, but it's a heck of a move for him. I mean, if you want to get somewhere where you can throw it now, I mean, I thought he threw it a pretty good bit at Texas State with G.J. Kenny, but if you want to get somewhere where you can throw it 35, 40 times a game, that's probably the place to be. Yeah, no doubt. Ooh. Yeah. No. Bill. That's, oh. that's not good. <laughs> no. And since we were on the topic of Bills, Bill Belichick has been seen at a Chick-fil-A in Atlanta ahead of his meetings with... Yeah. Are we sure he was seen? Yes, I mean, there's a photo. There is a photo of Bill Belichick inside of a Chick Fil A in oh, Atlanta. Okay. All right, all right, all right. And so this isn't Dan Lanning in Tuscaloosa, then. No, uh, my Grant McCauley quote tweeted it and said, "Bill Belichick Fillet," which may be my favorite pun of the day. <laughs> so anyway. There's Bill Belichick's mean, gonna be the he's gonna be the next head coach of the Atlanta Falcons. Just well, and, so you apparent, know. <laughs> and apparently Brian Flores is gonna be DC an assistant head coach. That's that's a heck. You know what? That may actually be that may actually work. If well, I, if that is the way it goes down, then the Falcons won this coaching 
hiring cycle, I think. I well, I mean, sure, depending on, you know, but but I don't think you can get better than Belichick and Brian Flores. All right, we got a few minutes left. Why don't we pick some some, some NFL games? What do you say? Let's do it, as Tone Loke would say. Do you have yet in last week's? I do. Go ahead and give us those results. I know. Um, I lost Justin, do you want me to give you this week's results? Uh, I was Baker all day, so I I have that going for me, right? Say what? I was Baker Mayfield all day last week. You were Baker Mayfield all day, and you Ended were the on a only high note. person on the panel that was Baker Mayfield all day. So, Thank you. yeah. Thank you. What else you, did I do? You got that one, and you got Kansas City, as did all of us. Okay. And that was it. Justin right. was two and four in... Oh, see, you know, that would have been an act of the, the audio. The gods. Yeah, I was going to say, like, some sort of video. Act of the video gods there to take Mo out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Two and four, was, he said. There he is. Yeah, here I am. Justin, two and four. Yao, four and two. I was four and two. Nice so. job, fellas. All right, All right, well, we got four more to pick. We start with Saturday and ESPN. 3.30 Central Time, Houston and Baltimore. Remember, straight up. So this should be easy, right? Should be. <laughs> uh, let me, it's like I'm going to the beach. Let me get my flip-flop and uh, hit up C.J. Stroud. Dude's different. I've heard a lot this Whoa. week. Yep. And I know, I know Lamar Jackson. I know, I know he... Uh, All right. But I did hear that Odell Beckham is going to take him and his team out on a cruise of some sort on a boat. No cruises. Please, no nope. cruises. Not and with gonna, him. Yeah, exactly. So, um, If that's the case, then I'm going to Houston too, but I'm going to pick Baltimore and hope that, he, the hope that he wises up. He literally he rented out something called the Ravens Flock boat. Oh, dear God. Yeah, I know. We're in trouble. So you're taking the Texans, J.K.? I am. I am. Right. It's going to be a gritty match. Despite my shirt, I'm going Baltimore. <laughs> Texas forever six. Yeah, okay. I'm I'm also taking the Ravens. Seven fifteen Central yet. Time. Sa yeah. <laughs> hey, did you see he was number thirty five on a list of the top one hundred most hated football players in the NFL? And I don't understand what he did. Are? No, uh, Shaq Mason? Mason. But yeah, we got to we got to talk about that some other time because it that blew me away. I don't know we who he made mad, do. but. <laughs> no, I had not seen that to answer your question. I, I'll send you the list. Um, Seven fifteen on Fox, Green Bay, San Francisco. Mo, <laughs> <laughs> you took the Packers last week. Good job, but I did, and I came out smelling like a rose. But I am not taking the Packers this week against the number one seed at Forty Nine ers. Sorry <laughs> to whoever I need to be sorry to. I'm taking San Francisco. <laughs> Go ahead, Justin. Chris. I got, I got the Niners. Uh, I'm gonna go with. Didn't the Niners get beat by the Steelers in the regular season? I'm going with I Jordan Love. Let's go. Let's roll. Mm -hmm. All right. Jordan Love. Okay. Yeah, okay. I, I will say this. I won't be surprised. Because they, because they keep falling. I, I think slump. the Packers oh. are just young enough to not know any better. Yeah, they're so young. It's literally like high school team, but they're doing well. They are. I won't be surprised. Sunday at 2 o'clock, Tampa Bay at Detroit on NBC. 
Is that the oven that's ready preheated? Because there's a baker. Nope, that didn't, that didn't hit, but that's what I'm going with. <laughs> Are you going Tampa Bay again, Justin? Oh, yeah. I'm riding bake. I'm riding, riding it all the way to the end, man. There you go. Till the wheels fall off. All right. Tampa Bay and Detroit. What is the I line am, for curiosity? I mean, I, no idea. Six and I a half hesitate, Detroit. I, I hesitate yeah. to take Jared Goff, but the Lions are playing some awfully inspired football right now. I'm I'm going with Detroit. I think that's the key, is that they are awfully inspired and their coach is a motivator of men. Yeah. It, it would be hard. I'm not going to lie. Like I would actually like the Lions to, to win the whole thing, but uh, be cool. it would be, be even something. cooler to see Baker Mayfield win the whole thing. So. <laughs> yeah. That would be awkward. Yeah, it would be very awkward. Um, and finally, they're asking you to Get out and shovel some snow again. Buffalo at home <laughs> against Kansas City, 5.30 on CBS to, to round us out. Bloodbath. Or no points. So here's the deal. To be the man, you got to beat the man. And as far as I'm concerned, that's what Kansas City and Patrick Mahomes are. Mm-hmm. I'm taking the Chiefs. I got to go Chiefs as well. I just feel like Buffalo always finds a way to lose it, which is unfortunate for them because they're kind of like Detroit to me. I'd like to see them do past the championship game. Okay, so I just don't like Buffalo. <laughs> <laughs> like the Alrighty then. <laughs> I just, I mean, I just, I, one, I don't think, I, I don't, I've been off the Buffalo train since about week three. And I think they have now, been. Now let me ask you something: Are you off the Buffalo train, or are you off the Josh Allen train, or both? Josh Allen both. is exactly like Dak Prescott to me, like which he, is last why he's crazy. going to mess up this weekend. Exactly. And so that's why I've got to go Kansas City, and I also want a Taylor Swift versus Eminem. <laughs> you know what? She's actually very clever with her lyrics. That would be a good battle. I, I, not off the top. Not off the top of their heads. Yeah, you're right. You're right. No, everybody yeah. in the three one three. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, no. But no, seriously, I I, I think it would Tell be these amazing. Folks something they don't know about me. <laughs> it would be one of the coolest things to see Taylor Swift and Eminem Super Bowl. Give it to me, so I'm going Kansas City in hopes <laughs> that that's what we see. That would be oh. sick. All right. Well, that's going to do it for the show. We appreciate you guys hanging out with us. We've got Monday coming to you. We'll react to everything that happened in the weekend of sports, college hoops, uh, pro football, and more. We're going to have great guests, as we always do at 2 o'clock here on Main Street Sports Day, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Mo, Ladies and gentlemen, the weekend. Thank you.